exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. The Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. In the next hour, we'll guide you through Spartan Sports, your favorite Detroit teams, and beyond. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Tom Izzo called the best, one of the best weeks in Spartan athletics history. We welcome you into the basement. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're tuned in, whether you're in the car, the the crib, the cable, through the computer. Welcome into the basement. Kevin's behind the glass to take your calls. Juan is to my right to take my heat, but first of all, we must introduce across from me, Brigitte. What is going on? Not too much, just fighting a cold I picked up over the weekend, but so excited to talk about men's basketball. You can't be thr- more than thrilled after this past week. Juan, what is going on, my friend? Nothing much, man. Just trying to get through the day. Um, if you're just getting through the day and you'd like to pick up the phone and give us a call, the number's 517-432-3893. Kevin is kicking it back behind the glass, as he is always. So you got to thank him, man, handling all the good technical things, as he always does. But handling a little birthday business to start the hour. My roommate, Harry, happy birthday at midnight tonight, the Big 21. Uh, it's it's going to be a mess, I'm sure, for him. So, you know, happy birthday, friend. Um, like I said, Michigan State over Wisconsin. I believe I said 59-52 to 52 on this here program last Monday night. And not nearly, nearly, uh, nearly, you know, good a guess. What was it, 64-55 to 55 was the final score. But, you know, I wrote a little article, uh, www.sportshort.blogspot.com. I know it's a mouthful, but uh, you can get an earful if you go ahead and read that. A little article about Drew Neitzel, another one. Just, why not, Juan? Why not? Sh- tremendous. Your boy, Raymar Morgan, played well this week, too. You, you have, you're thrilled. Brigitte's thrilled. Um, her man, Steve Nash, is... <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get to that. But if, we, if you want to give us a call, the number is 517-432-3893. And boy, was it a great week for Spartan basketball. Can't say the same for Spartan hockey. Split a series with lowly... Bowling Green State University, the Falcons, gave the Spartans trouble on senior night. And because of that, that is all the coverage they get tonight. Yeah. Uh, they lost 2-1, to, I believe it was 2-1 to one over there at Mud Ice <laughs> Arena on, Saturday, on senior night. You can't lose on senior night. Albeit it was Jake Hannon, Brandon Darton, Brian Tabaldi, and Demarcus Ducree. The Spartans got it done on senior night. And just to cap off a wonderful week that cemented our Michigan State invite to the tournament and Drew Neitzel is just playing amazing. And you know what? We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but boy, does he deserve some votes for Big Ten Player of the Year, especially after Orlando Tucker's having a tough week with two losses against, yes, us, the Spartans, and yesterday in a battle out there in Columbus. And boy, what a good game that was. Mike Conley hits the floater with 3.9 left on the clock to give the Buckeyes their second straight Big Ten title. But, you know, that was predicted. I predicted Wisconsin to win it, but they just couldn't get the job done yesterday. But if you'd like to give us a call, the number is 517-432-3893. And with the top stories, we do lead into men's basketball. Standing at 21-8 and eight, and 8-6 and six in the Big Ten. Even if we do lose out the Big Ten season, two more games tomorrow night, 7 p.m. in Ann Arbor against the lowly Wolverines, who are surely on their way to the NIT. <laughs> and then Saturday... The 3rd of March, we travel to Madison to take on the Badgers again in the regular season finale. Even if we do drop those two games, Juan, we will still have the identical Big Ten record as we did a year ago with three NBA players on the team. How about that? Astonishing to me. It just speaks highly of the character and the heart that these guys, and I really think the fans have fallen in love with this team. I mean, you see it, the crowd, the people in the green seats, at the Breslin, are, are rising up all the way to, to the kids in the upper bowl is zone that always complain about the seats and, you know, just keep cheering. Crowd definitely got it done Saturday night, I think. Definitely a six man. But Juan, Michigan State is not ranked. Unofficially, we received enough votes to be 26th in the AP, but they only ranked 25. Right. And likewise, 32nd in the ESPN USA Today coaches poll. Juan, do we deserve to be ranked and then kick it over to your girl, Brigitte, and see what she has to say? Yeah, I, I, I'm a little shocked to see that they weren't ranked. Um, they're playing, you know, consistently right now. That was a huge win over Wisconsin. So 
I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I think the committee had lost a little a little so we say faith in, in the Spartans when they hit that four game slump to Iowa and a couple other bad losses they had. To the, the committee won. The committee has nothing to do with voting. We got the Associated Press voting in one poll, and then ESPN and, and USA Today, co- the coaches, select coaches from around the country. Do you think the journalists of America who are definitely unqualified? Yeah. You know, I'm not even, I wouldn't even say I'm qualified to vote on. No, I've never played a college basketball game in my life. Okay. You know, but I'm going to speak out a little bit. They do deserve to be ranked. And, you know, 26 unofficially, 32nd unofficially, that I can see that. But you upset the number one team in the nation in a, in a line of four straight wins, albeit at home, you deserve to be ranked. I think you said it exactly. I mean, we shouldn't probably be more than 25 or 24, but... We definitely need to be ranked. I'm surprised we're not as high in the ESPN, or excuse me, as low in the ESPN poll. I mean, we upset Wisconsin, like you guys said, and solid win at Indiana over the weekend. So, I mean, who do we have to beat in order to be ranked, I guess is the question. I think a win against Ohio State would have helped in the process. But when you look at it, yes, yes, we we beat low lower-end teams, Iowa, okay, but we were up 41 points at one time in that Iowa game in the second half. Is that not a statement? I don't know what is. But I think the Spartans do deserve to be ranked. But what Drew Neitzel deserved and was awarded with was Big Ten Co-Player of the Week. He shared it with Greg Oden. But in my eyes, Drew Neitzel was the best player in the Big Ten this past week. For the third time this season, he's been named Big Ten Player of the Week in a week in which he played a game with the flu. That was Saturday night. Drew was hampered by the flu. You could tell he looked a, a step slow. Um, struggled a little bit in the first half. Came back, hit 15-17 in the second half. But uh, we look at Neitzel's week. Uh, it started with the 9-point win over Wisconsin. He had 28 points, shooting 58% from the field, and 55% from Trey. 6-for-11. 11 straight points in late in the second half when the Spartans were down what was down 40, 49 to 45 Knights will turns it on we're up 56-51 tops it off with a 66 to 58 win over Indiana on Saturday scoring 17 like I said 15 in the second half he had two assists and one steal in the Spartans final home game of the season big ups to Drew Knightsel Juan <coughs> Does your vote go for Drew Neitzel as Big Ten Player of the Year? Actually, ironically, yes, it does. Um, the only reason I, I give Drew the slight nod over other over other talented players, such as you know Greg Oden and others, and Orlando Tucker, is that his his support system isn't isn't as great as some of those other teams. Ohio State, person for person, has the best personnel in in the entire Big Ten. I mean, they have talent all the way through. They have guys that can hurt you with it from a lot of different aspects as far as slashing, shooting threes, everything. Drew has to really manufacture a lot of his points. And the fact that he's such a great second-half player, the fact that he scores the bulk of his points when, when it really matters the most and his team really needs those buckets to get through slumps, furthers him to, to get that nod over over such other players. Brigitte, your thoughts? Uh, Juan said a lot of it, but, I mean, exactly. When he's putting up the numbers like he is, like he said, only main support system that Michigan State has for offensive production. I mean, you have to give him Big Ten Player of the Year. He's been playing great. Under Coach Izzo, I mean, he's getting great guidance and everything. It's hard to compare him to somebody like Greg Oden, who automatically gets the recognition and everything, but without a doubt, he definitely deserves Big Big Ten Player of the Year. Well, when you look at a player like Greg Oden, I think a lot of the hype around was coming in because of the NBA potential, and obviously I think this kid will be gone next year. If you look at it, he's already got a Big Ten title in his back pocket, along with, I'd say, a decent tournament run that the Buckeyes will make. Yeah, they're going to make a They're, 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 they're going to get bounced early. But, but you look at Greg Oden as a candidate for Big Ten Player of the Year. Yes, there's all this hype around Greg Oden, but I believe the kid is averaging near, I shouldn't even say kid, he could probably eat me. <laughs> he looks like he's 30. I think he's averaging just below a double-double, nine and a half rebounds a game, 15 points. When you look at the Big Ten and you're averaging 15 and 10, you have to be in the conversation for Big Ten Player of the Year. Albeit we have two, three regular season games left for each team and then the Big Ten Tournament, which I think is the most useless thing ever and the only team that plays hard is Iowa. Right. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'm sure we will play hard, but it just, it just so, it's just so inefficient, like – 
it's, no it's unnecessary right. to have this tournament. You know, let's go. Let's have a tournament before the real NCAA tournament, just for a little little garnishment. Maybe oh, this Iowa team they were bad last year, but they won the Big Ten tournament. Congratulations! Last year, Syracuse comes out McNamara miraculous games. Syracuse wins a Big East tournament. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. How about we eliminate this ridiculous tournament and play a round robin in the Big Ten? There you go. You play each team twice instead of this ridiculous tournament. I'm sure Coach Izzo would echo that. I know I'm sure he's not a fan. I'm, I think I've heard him say that he's not necessarily the number one fan of the Big Ten tournament. But back to the discussion of Big Ten Player of the Year. Neitzel just named Big Ten Player of the Week for the third time this season. I believe he won it back-to-back November 20th and the 27th. So congratulations to Drew. But we have to seriously sit down and consider this. Is Drew Neitzel Player of the Year in the Big Ten? We have to look who he goes up against. We have to look at first Let's analyze Adam Haluska of Iowa. He leads the Big Ten in scoring, obviously getting a lot of looks out there in Steve Alford's system. He transferred from, I believe, Iowa State. He played there his freshman year. But Adam Haluska, just averaging over 20 points a game, where does he rack up to Drew Neitzel in this conversation? I mean, they're all right there. You know, it's really splitting hairs when you're talking about splitting these guys. But, you know... Each one of them have their own plus. To me, the most polished player right now is Orlando Tucker. He's the most versatile. He has the best skill set. Um, of course, Greg Oden has the most hype around him. He's the he's the best pure talent. He has the most the highest upside, shall we say? When you look at Haluska, he's just the best shooter. You know, out of all of them, he at the end of the day he gets his numbers. But as you echo, he gets the most amount of looks. Like the offense is definitely sitting around him. He's the key point. But the intangibles that Drew have that often gets overlooked is he means the most to his team out of all those players. I think I think Jay Bill has said it best. ESPN commentator, Duke Boy, whatever you want to call him, met him this weekend. Great guy, stand-up guy, great character. He said, no, there's no player in the nation that means more to his team. He said, in the nation, that means more to his team than Drew Neitzel. And I think he hit it on the head. And if you want to look at Big Ten Player of the Year, I, I have to give it to Drew Neitzel. Yeah, I would agree with that. Drew Neitzel, just, he's so important to his team. And like I said, the numbers that he puts up, just the character that he has that has really transformed this team that was just supposed to be a rebuilding team this year. I mean, the numbers 21 and 8, 8 and 6 like led them on a four-game win streak. You oh, just, you those, those are that's just the beginning yeah, of the numbers that, that we are show. going to get into tonight with Drew Neitzel. All right, we know this is Michigan State Student Radio. We're not trying to ride Drew Neitzel just because he is a Michigan State guy, but you really have to sit down and look at this kid's numbers. Okay, Drew Neitzel, let's look at him versus Alondo Tucker. Do you really think this will be the top two in the conference that will battle it out for votes for player of the year? Alondo Tucker and Drew Neitzel. Uh, actually, I think it's going to come down to Tucker and Odin, actually. I don't think I think they're not going to give Drew the nod that he needs because I think uh, Odin just has too much hype around him. It's just too much hype for him to even land in the Big Ten. I know... He was getting more. He was getting more television time when he was hurt than than you know the game. You know, absolutely. So I mean, I don't know. I think politics is going to help play into this situation a lot. So I don't know where Drew's going to fare, but we all know where he deserves to be at. All right, we look at we look at Drew Neitzel compared to Alondo Tucker. Let's look at Neitzel alone first. His rank in the Big Ten points. He's scoring eighteen point four game. That ranks him fourth in the Big Ten assists. At the off-guard position, let's remember Neitzel is not playing point guard. 4.2 assists per game, that puts him in the top five. Number five in the conference. Free throw percentage, 90%. First in the Big Ten. Three-pointers three made, 93. That's 41%. That is first in the Big Ten. And he's throwing in three boards a game as a smaller guard. Let's look at Alondo Tucker. Just below 20 points a game. That's putting him second in the Big Ten behind the aforementioned Adam Haluska, 1.9 assist. That's 24th in the Big Ten. Here's where I'd have a bone to pick with Alondo Tucker. If you are going to be the Big Ten player of the year and you are an all-around player, you cannot shoot 64% from the free throw line. That is unacceptable as a six foot six guard. Yes, you're a bigger guard, but you're not seven feet. You should not have a problem at the free throw line, especially being the team leader and in the talk for national player of the year. Okay, and this... He's gotten to the line 77 more times than Drew Neitzel has this year. So if you want to factor that in, if Neitzel got to the line that many times and he's making 90%, Drew Neitzel is scoring just as much as Alondo Tucker would be. Albeit Drew Neitzel is not as explosive and not as good off the dribble 
as Alondo Tucker is, though. Right. It's definitely different aspects to their games. They both have different positives and negatives, but that is definitely his Achilles heel, that free throw line. I, I don't know what it is, but hopefully, you know, he could get it together because I, I want to see everybody do well. But Drew, I don't know. He falls in the awkward category because he doesn't really he doesn't do anything spectacular. He doesn't fill up the highlight reel. He doesn't even necessarily fill the seats just to see him do anything miraculous. But as the game progresses, he gets stronger, he gets more consistent, and he's more dependable. So, I mean, you can't knock a guy like that. You always, If you're, if you're at playing on the court at that time, you should always want someone like him on your team. Greg Oden. We'll get back to Greg Oden. I'll pick, I'll pick on Greg Oden a little bit. Kid hasn't scored over 20 points since mid-January. Drew Neitzel, in his last, what was it, his last four games, I believe, he's averaging 21 points a game in his last four. Just putting this team on his back. If you want to comment, 517-432-3893 is the number. The topic is Drew Neitzel, worthy of Big Ten Player of the Year. Yes, we are two regular season games and a Big Ten tournament away from finding those things out along with others. But right now we're just racking them up against guys that will be in the conversation. Alondo Tucker of Wisconsin, Adam Haluska of Iowa, and Greg Oden of Ohio State. Is there anyone that we are overlooking in this conversation? I know Landry from Purdue is averaging about 17 and 8. That's that's commendable in the Big Ten, but also the the guy is a fifth-year senior. With his size, he should be getting those kind of numbers with his experience down at Purdue and the amount of attention he gets. But is there anyone else we're overlooking? And at the end of the day, Juan, rank your top three vote-getters when it's all said and done. Um, I don't think we're overlooking anyone. I think if you just wanted to try to make a complete, you know, concise list of who might actually see votes, uh, I'm pretty sure Conley is going to get one or two out of Ohio State. Um, You might even get, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's probably going to be vote spread everywhere. But my my top three, I will have to go with Tucker, Odin and Drew Nitso as as my as my top three vote getters and how that's going to shake down I'm not quite sure. Of course we all know that the favorite is probably going to be Greg Odin just because of the hype around him. But when you actually get down to it and, and crunch all the games and and review all the all the key plays and and add in all the intangibles, you're really splitting hairs here. If you'd like to comment, the number is 517-432-3893. If you're just joining us, this is the Spartan Sports Rep on MSU Student Radio. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. If you can't catch us on the radio, you can listen to us anywhere in the world. Yes, www.impact89fm.com. And if you miss us, don't forget to check out our podcast section on our website. Just click Podcast and then click Spartan Sports Rep Archives, and you can check us out. Shows updated weekly. So you can check that out. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we will continue the conversation about Drew Neitzel's Big Ten Player of the Year. Among other things, Matt Trannon disappointing at the Combine in another Spartan. Very impressive and could be taken in the first round. You do not want to miss this. And also, Alyssa DeHaan cannot dunk. I saw it in person. We'll talk that at the top of the hour. Stay with us. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on MSU Student Radio. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap. This is Impact Exposure, but more importantly, this is Monday night. So you are tuned in to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. And we thank you for listening. The topic, Drew Neitzel is Big Ten Player of the Year. Yes, he was named Big Ten Player of the Week earlier today, about noon today, by the Big Ten Conference. 
That is his third honor of the same like this season. He earned it back on the 20th of November and the following week as well. So big up to Drew Neitzel, Michigan State point guard, earned his third Big Ten player of the week. But yes, we saw that deservingly alongside of Greg Oden. Greg Oden was named co-player of the week, but listed first on the website was Drew Neitzel. I think there was little significance behind that, uh, Duan Simmons, other than, you know, alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, ho- I'm hoping that's what it was. But at the end of the day, they're going to vote. I believe it's the coaches' vote, and the media has a vote as well. But when it comes down to it, we look at your top three. Brigitte, at the end of the day, realistically, g- well, give me your gut feeling. Who do you, who do you think deserves to be uh, number one and number two vote-getters? And then tell me... When it all comes down to it, who is going to be Big Ten Player of the Year and who will be second? Um, I think Neitzel should definitely be one or two, and then Tucker deserves to ser- to share one or two. But I think at the end of the day, Odin will get it, and then Tucker will take it, and then Neitzel just because I just don't think enough coaches and uh, the media have enough respect for Michigan State as a program yet. Um, Mich- uh, excuse me, Ohio State, they have the record to back up the Big Ten Player of the Year, and um, especially after coming off a victory against Wisconsin, kind of puts Tucker on the back burner a little bit to Odin, but I would love to see Knightsville get it. I just don't think he will. Yeah, I think he'll be a heavy favorite as long as Greg Odin leaves next year. We'll ha- we'll see Adam Haluska depart, Landry depart, um, but if that's all being if Greg Odin leaves, which I think he will, but Greg Odin didn't play the first seven games of the season, remember Sitting on the on the bench with that bowling style brace on on the on the right wrist, do do you really think that's going to factor into the votes that Odin receives? I, I don't think it, personally. I don't think no. it will because you're playing non conference garbage the first month of the season. So he's been putting up tremendous numbers that aren't inflated because of that. So these are pure numbers that he's playing in one of the top conferences of the of the nation. I'm sick of hearing it that the Big Ten is weak just because. Ohio State goes out and beat, beats Wisconsin, and Wisconsin loses two straight. Michigan State is strong. I think the last week has proved it. Ohio State is one of the top in the country, although young and inexperienced. They are the near-unanimous number one team in the country. Indiana was recently ranked. you got to give some props where credit is due. Do you? Is there a better conference in the country, Juan? Um, I like the Big Ten. I'm in favor of the Big Ten. I think consistently... You know, if you're going to stack down the years, the Big Ten is the best football and basketball conference in the country. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear that. They'll give you the SEC, maybe the ACC. You know, if we if we spent if we spent the kind of money that the SEC spends right. on their play, <laughs> right? You know, I'm not I'm not accusing anyone. You know, just throwing it out there. But actually, this year, just this year in particular, I think the Pac-10 is the strongest conference right now. I know they've been sliding a little bit. I know yep. Oregon, Oregon's been sliding a little bit. Washington State's been sliding a little bit. But USC, Oregon, right. UCLA, that definitely. And a, what I like about the Pac-10 is they all. It's around. I believe it's a round robin. Yeah, it's it the only. Is a it's the only conference in the country that you can't plays, get away from anybody that plays a true round robin. And if you, but looking at Michigan State's losses here, we have eight losses. If we only play Wisconsin and Ohio State once, albeit yes, we did beat Wisconsin the first time we played them. But that I think that eliminates a couple losses because of the stupid scheduling of the Big Ten. We don't get to play scum like Penn State mm-hmm. sitting at the bottom of the Big Ten. Minnesota, we do not get to play. Those are two road wins that you can pick up very easily, I think. With the team we had, even with people having off days, and speaking of off days, all the while while Michigan State has been progressing, it seems that Marquise Gray has just been in the shadows, struggling. What do you think is holding him back from just tapping into that amazing potential and athleticism? I think it's mental. I think his game right now, what what's what's actually harnessing his game is is mental. I don't know if he has his confidence up as high as it should be. Um, he shies away from from a lot of a lot of things. It seems as if he's trying to play error free, which is which is not ever going to happen. So he doesn't show that aggressiveness. He doesn't show his dominance that he can. I mean, he shows short flashes of it, and you can see it. Like, I remember one game he came off a pump fake, took two dribbles, and skied on about two, three dudes. So, I mean, it's definitely there. You you can see it. He can sometimes pull up and shoot the jumper, but he's inconsistent. It's as if he he doesn't, you know, believe in himself and believe that he can always get it done. Uh, is this a Is this a problem that the remedy of time will fix, do you think? 
Um, I think it depends on the player. Some players, you know, get out of that shell. Some players don't. They just they just keep sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into it. But um, he's a, he's a consistent player when he gets a chance to play. He, the the fact that the coaching staff plays him in inopportune times, I think he gets a lot of slot minutes. Meaning he plays when there's not quite favorable matchups for himself. So next year, you know, he'll be back again because I believe he's a sophomore on yes. on you know at you know eligibility, sport, eligibility wise. wise. So. You know, next year is going to be a big year for him. A lot of that down-low post play, they're going to be looking towards him to actually get in there and take the game over with. One of the biggest things is he gets into foul trouble really easily. And so it's definitely hard to get going when, you know, you're picking up, you know, as many fouls as you are playing minutes. And also when he makes good plays and then he, you know, makes gestures and things that gets his time yanked. Like, uh, I forget which game it was when he got pulled after making such a good play, but making a bad mental decision so those are just things that come around with like immaturity and the more playing time that he does get to have he'll establish himself as a better down low player and because he does so have so much talent it's kind of a shame that he hasn't been able to have a breakout season yeah I think I think once Queese is given extended minutes with opportunity yes um he has to earn those you know it's not like coaches saying I'm cutting you off Queese Quise has to earn those extended minutes by not making like we said mental uh, the biggest thing with Marquise Gray is the mental game I know he, I have I know I have a gut feeling that he will overcome this. Um, it's just little things. When we could have really opened up that game on Saturday night, he goes baseline and doesn't dribble the ball and travels. Mm-hmm. We could have really used that dunk to just blow blow the roof off of the Breslin Center and really run away with that game from there. At that point, it left the game in jeopardy. But thank thanks to Drew Neitzel and the ex- outstanding play of your boy Raymar Morgan in the second half, tying a career high with 18 points. The Spartans pulled away with the victory. And, boy, let's talk about that game for a minute. Down 10 at the half, we come out with a run in that second half to just put Indiana away, and it just seems like Indiana kind of quit. It seemed the, the total opposites happened. In the first half, we're playing scared. We're turning the ball over. Drew Neitzel and Travis Walton combined for 10-plus turnovers on the night. Very uncharacteristic of them. But then at the end of the night, when the scoreboard sounds, we win comfortably. Yeah, it seemed like they they came out and really put some fear in Indiana and really intimidated them. They came out came out in the second half, you know, definitely as the aggressors. So I I don't know I don't know what they the halftime speech was about, but it definitely it definitely paid off. I think the whole experience of college game day was just outstanding. Just to add to a, an already great week, I could have seen a little Wisconsin win hangover, but and then with the hype of college game day surrounding and a night game. As an athlete, we've talked about this. You hate night games. Sit around all day at the apartment watching game day. You can only think about the game so much and eat so many pregame meals until you just can get on that court and play. But the the guys got it done. I was a little nervous. Down twenty, down thirty to twenty at the break, but they come back and win it easily against the Hoosiers. Great, some great signs in the in the <laughs> audience that uh, that are allowed to be said on on the radio. Okay, we have FCC regulations here. Can't get in trouble. But here here's one I liked. Um, for those of the of the Catholic faith, I gave up Hoosiers for Lent. Um, text me Kelvin, in reference to Kelvin Sampson allegedly texting recruits on the cell phone. And um, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, we can say this one though, you know, in context. Uh, Coach Izzo may be small, but he has an edong, as an edong ebok. So you know, that's it's it's legal. But some funny signs just to show that you know we are intelligent and we know how to win here in East Lansing. And game day was impressed. Digger Phelps told me personally that this is one of the best crowds he has seen. Yes, to the fans, they're going to say, "Oh, you know, you guys are outstanding, awesome, best crowd." He said Kansas was very loud, but he said the amount of people that showed up and the love that they showed for game day and through, throughout the two three hours that they were doing sports center bumpers and billboards and then did the live show. It was just amazing. Sitting there watching the guys even got my picture taken on the set of game day, my future home. There you go. You know, but it I think that just capped off a great week. Coaches have said it best. It was one of the greatest weeks in, in athletics history to have the spotlight on us. You know, days was it twenty four to forty eight hours after the win against Wisconsin. We are still on the front page of ESPN.com being talked about as such an upset in the Big Ten. But then, hey, when you've got Big Ten Player of the Year, Drew Nice on your squad. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> Any, anything is possible. Uh, staying with basketball, yes, this is a basketball-heavy show, but folks, I'm sorry. 
we had a great basketball week. Right. And it mm-hmm. does, and we, at the Sports Wrap here, we give credit where credit is due. And if you'd like to give us a shout, how about you do that? 517-432-3893. You know, at least we, at least we may find out someone is listening out there in, in Radio Land. But all the while, the team has been successful. Someone has been in the background doing his thing, playing his role. And who would that be, Juan? Who, Travis. Thank you, Dewan Simmons. Travis Walton. Talk to him right before the show. Um, he's not a big interview guy, so you know we try not to, unless we really wanted him to bring him on the show. They have film. They don't leave to play Michigan until tomorrow, surprisingly. I thought they would have left tonight, but maybe that extra day at home in bed, get some rest, some fluids, Drew Neitzel. Hopefully that'll they have the guys fresh and ready to go. But Travis Walton, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, He's got my vote. I don't see why you couldn't give it to him. Yeah, he's terrific. He's terrific. He really applies pressure. He's consistent. You know, before the Indiana game, he was great with the ball. You know, I think that was just one of those games where it was just one of those games. You know, sometimes you have it where, you know, you just make turnovers for it for whatever reason it may be. But he's a terrific ball hander. He makes terrific decisions. His confidence is going through the roof now. You know, he's he's shooting those 18, 19-footers when he needs to. Um, he takes a lot of pressure off Drew. He allows Drew to be able to run around those double and triple screens. I think in the beginning of the year, they were struggling a little bit because Izzo didn't have confidence in his ability to, to handle the ball and, and be the solo ball handler. So he had Drew, you know, shadowing him more. So if he did get stuck, he would have a quick outlet. But, you know, the team is, is has more confidence in him, and that's starting to show through in his play. And I think that's why they're doing so good on this win streak. If you'd like to give us a call, the number is 517-432-3893. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on MSU Student Radio. We're in the house every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Yes, we will be here next week, even though it is spring break. And, you know, even though you guys may be somewhere else, you know, stay tuned next week as we will be here every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. If you want to check us out on the web, we do have a live stream. You can catch us anywhere in the world at www.impact89fm.com. Kevin is behind the glass to answer phones. If you'd like to give us a call, comment, or question, 517-432-3893. Travis Walton, definitely Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think you could give it to more a more versatile defender who could take anyone from Alondo Tucker uh, down to uh, Mike Conley. Yeah, he plays a three down, which is which is good for someone, especially of his size. You know, he's not six seven with doing this with a terrific wingspan. He's doing it with hard work, hustle, and shuffling those feet. So it's, it's not he's not cheating the system. He's not, you know, it's just all hard work and dedication. So you have to tip your hat to someone who's that committed to the defensive end of the ball. Absolutely. Marked improvement throughout the season. As a young player, you, you'd like to see that from a coach's standpoint and a fan standpoint, Travis Walton steadily improving as the season prolongs. Turnovers have been cut down. We know that was a problem earlier in the season. Eliminated. His left hand, if you haven't noticed, going to the rack with the left and finishing strong with the left is there. And points. He is looking at the basket. If you missed it, what was it? was that? I'm confused with all these games against teams in red. Tuesday, <laughs> right. Tuesday night, I believe, against Wisconsin. Clock shot winding down from beyond NBA range. Okay, Travis Walton can shoot now, folks. So now that adds a post threat to defenders. Because what is impressing me most is the way Travis Walton is... Unlike Neitzel, can put it on the floor and get to the rack. Right, he has that that little boost, that speed, that agility to to actually get the ball and shake a defender or two and, and cause some penetration and, and get some other guys a lot of shots. I think that's why he's so good with 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 assists. You know, he's able to penetrate, get a couple guys up in the air, and feed someone else for an open look. And what it was, one of his passes threads the needle to the baseline to Goran Sutan. That pass doesn't happen if you're not. The, the stature of Travis Walton. You have to be strong. The strongest kid on the team, according to Coach Izzo. You, and you can see it as well. But you, you fire that pass in there through the through two defenders. You know, those are things that make you this, the number two assist leader in the Big Ten behind Mike Conley. But, hey, when you have Greg Oden on the block to feed it into every time, you're going to have some assists. Or three-point darts at, out, at, out around the perimeter, you know. It seems like everyone on their team comes out shooting threes. So. Seven, and, seven points, 5.5 assists on the season for Travis Walton. Somewhat of a polar opposite of last season. Yeah, you know, that's actually my, my biggest, most improved player here. Oh, yes. You know, he, he, he wasn't expected to be performing at this level, I think, this fast. I think he took the opportunity for the increased amount of playing time that he, that he has now and, and really ran with it. So I think it's definitely showing off and... For for state to make a strong tournament run, I think they're definitely going to need him. 
Oh, absolutely. And that will be our next topic. But first, we must take a quick break. If you'd like to give us a call after the break, the number is 517-432-3893. You're in the house with Dan, Dewan, and Brigitte on the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're here every Monday night at 7. Stay with us. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. More importantly, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm your host, Dan Duggar, in the hot seat now for about 10 months. And we're, we're coming up on, it's going to be a year pretty soon here, come, come the beginning of May. So nine, ten months we've been on there, steady through the summer. And progr- Juan, Juan's been here every step of the way, <laughs> Consistency, brother. Consistency, huh? <laughs> Juan's been here, and Brigitte, you know, she kind of bandwagoned there. But, you know, you know how, how long have you been here now? Oh man, I think it's at least five months going on. Yeah, we we've got a steady team here, little th- you know, little three three person squad here in the in the studio. The rook, he's out. He's a little under the weather, so I know he's religiously listening to the show tonight. <laughs> so there's your two seconds of fame, Stephen Braddock. Hope you feel better, little fella. Uh, Rachel's out. I'm surprised she hasn't stormed in here with cookies or Rice Krispie treats uh, for us all. But uh, if you're listening, Rachel, w- where are you? <laughs> that, that that is the question, but moving forward, it March is only what three days away, so it. it is appropriate to start talking a little bit of March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Last week we talked about Michigan State on the bubble, folks. We are signed, sealed, and delivered into the NCAA tournament. I said at the beginning of the year we would make the tournament. Tom Izzo would not be point, and I think this has been Tom Izzo's best coaching job yet in what I can remember since the late '90s. He's been here what 14 years. Um, I, I'll be honest and say I haven't really been following Tom Izzo since he first started coaching here. But from what I can remember, since the late 90s, this has to be one of the best jobs Coach Izzo has done because he hasn't been get blessed with the amount of talent as the 2099 teams that have multiple NBA players starting and performing. But I just think Coach Izzo has done a tremendous job with what he's been given. Oh, yeah. He's definitely had to really work you know, to get the guys to come together. He didn't have that one marquee talent. He has a team full of inexperienced players, um, a lot of guys coming off injuries, coming off red shirts, a lot of guys who don't have real in-game experience. If you take Naito away from that, the team that you have left is basically just a bunch of guys who have always been on the outside looking in. So the fact that he can incorporate these parts and get some kind of rotation down with the consistent starting lineup, and, and now you can actually see at the end of the season the guys are starting to gel and play together and blend together, and they're actually getting wins and wins and consistent wins. Yeah, when you're at 29 games, you basically had a season already, especially guys like Raymar Morgan, who are freshmen, who in high school played no more than 20, 25 games in their career. So Raymar Morgan's already into his second season, you know, hypothetically, if he's, right. if he's still in high school. But guys, like you said, Morgan had to suffer, suffer through injury this season. Maurice Joseph, we're finally starting to gel. And if you'd like to give us a call, the number is 517-432-3893. Kevin is patiently waiting <laughs> for a phone to answer he, as he gives me the thumbs up from behind the glass. But we continue with the NCAA tournament talk. Yes, we still have two regular season games left. That is at Michigan tomorrow night and at Wisconsin on Saturday in Madison. But after that, obviously the Big Ten Tournament, I believe, is in Indianapolis, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's on to the NCAA Tournament. And where do we stand as a Michigan State squad? Right now, we know we have two games left. Are we somewhere between 7 and 10, I'd say, is a good guess. 7 if we pick up one of these two next 
wins and have a decent showing in the Big Ten tournament. And anywhere, we'll say, you know, upwards 9-10 if we drop these two and the opening game of the BT tournament. Yeah, I say if um I say they're definitely off the bubble at this point. I think that win against Wisconsin definitely pushed them off the bubble and, and into the tournament, especially since they got an early win against Texas and Texas is playing so strong now. So I think those two wins with a solid record, a winning record in the Big Ten, I think that's enough to get them into the tournament. But as far as where they're going to be seated, I think they can go anywhere as high as five all the way down to as low as ten. If they win out and beat Michigan and beat Wisconsin again and make a strong push in the tournament, meaning they get to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, get to the semifinals or the final game, I say them sneaking in as high as maybe five or six. If they drop the next two and make an early exit, I see them getting in maybe at ten at, at large. So it's going to be kind of close for them, you know, especially if they come in at the, at the lower end of the bracket because I don't know how they're going to separate the regions and stuff like that. And everyone knows positioning is critical when you're trying to make a push at the tournament because it's, uh, it's some teams out there who just get bad draws and they just have to play a tough opponent after a tough opponent after a tough opponent. Oh, absolutely. But when it comes to the NCAA tournament, obviously the men are done playing at the Breslin Center. The women will return for the first and second rounds of the tournament. And I will be there all day long to work to work those games. But the men are done playing at the Breslin Center. And how bad is this going to hurt them not having the advantage of the home crowd? Obviously, one in six on the road this year, they're struggling away from home. Do you think that is going to be their nemesis come tournament time and a, and a reason that they could get bounced in the first round? Uh, I think actually when the actual NCAA tournament start, I think they'll be all right because the sites would be more neutral, but the Big Ten has just been brutal for every team on the road this year. I think Wisconsin and Ohio State are the only two teams in the Big Ten with winning road records. So, I mean, everyone's dropping games on the road left and right. It's just that's just the nature of the beast in the Big Ten. But when you get out to the to the tournament, it's more of a neutral facility. You get a lot of fans who are just there just for the atmosphere, not necessarily rooting for one team or the other. Just in the building to enjoy the game. So I think they'll fare all right, you know, when the real tournament starts and they and they actually play on those neutral grounds. Uh, regardless of, of seeding and bracketing and where what teams are in our in our region, uh, how far do you see this team going with all cylinders firing? As in Travis Walton, uh, Drew Neitzel healthy, Sue Drew, Na- Drew Namick playing the tremendous All-American defense that he has been playing against marquee big men in the league, and, and Marquise Gray snapping out of the shell and giving us uh, eight points and five rebounds a game. All cylinders firing, I say they have enough talent to get to the Elite Eight. I say when they're playing their best game on their best day, they're between top five and top 15 teams in the entire country, person for person, and working as a unit. I couldn't agree more. I, I personally, in my, in my article on www.sportshort.com, dot blogspot dot com I, I have to find a shorter website yeah, I guess uh, I predicted them to to go into the Sweet Sixteen actually yesterday when I wrote this um, but when when we get a clearer picture we'll be able to 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 see what they draw if they're gonna go up against UCLA in the second round or you know I don't know yes, if that's yeah gonna... like a lot of those teams out west they're just bad matchups for for Michigan State because their personnel and their style of play and the running gun, that definitely gives them problems. When you get someone who plays more of a traditional half-court game who likes to do pick and rolls and set screens, and, you know, Michigan State plays them very well. That's why they play Wisconsin so well. They run around, they keep the score low. Wisconsin's not looking to score 80, 90 points on you in the game. They're looking to control the ball, minimize turnovers, and play for possession for possession. So it depends on the type of teams they come up with because Michigan State, unlike previous years, aren't as athletic on the wings as they as they normally are. Well, of course, we have Raymar. He's a terrific athlete, but he's still young. Sometimes he shows mental lapses on the offense and defensive end of the ball, so that's still a work in progress. But the, the experience is not quite there yet, so... It all depends on the matchup as how far this team goes this year. Brigitte, how far will this team go in the NCAA tournament, regardless of seeding and teams in our region? When they're playing their best game, I could picture them going all the way to the Final Four. I'll be bold and say that. You know, they. I've just this past week, I've just been so impressed with the different um, roles that each person has been playing. Travis Walton, if you can get a good amount of assists out of him, get a couple extra buckets that you wouldn't exactly expect. If Drew Neitzel's playing healthy without the flu and he's got a solid game, you know, Goran 
minimize turnovers in the paint, good rebounding, uh, name it if you can get some good blocks out of him and everything. I mean, I think this team does have the potential. It's a little bit bold to say to go to the Final Four, but I think they could do it if they were on their best game. Absolutely. People out there are saying, what is this woman talking about? You guys, <laughs> you guys are saying Final Michigan State in the Final Four and Elite Eight and Sweet 16. Are you kidding me? They're going to get bounced in the first round. Folks, you really have to look at it. There are teams every year that come from not being ranked in anywhere from 18 to 25 that make a run into the Elite Eight and the Final Four. It's a fact. All four number one seeds aren't going to be represented in the Final Four. You know, all numbers, you know, all the number all the number ones and and all the number twos aren't going to be at the Elite Eight. It's not how it works in the tournament. Teams are going to get bounced early. Watch out for Ohio State and their inexperience to get bounced early. I think second round they may be done. As we're drawn now in ESPN's Bracketology by Joe Lenardi, he is a very smart man, and he seems to be pretty pretty close on when he predicts the brackets. He has us right now playing BYU, but unfortunately, if we win that game, we would most likely face a team that is very hot, Georgetown. Yeah, and, and, has, and has something that, that as of late, you know, we've been playing decently, but as on the whole for the season, they have tremendous big men. The, their interior play is outstanding. Hibbert. We wouldn't fare well against Georgetown, I do not think. But this is all hypothetical because the Big Ten tournament is still on the road ahead. So we have some time, and I'm sure you can listen on this show to our official NCAA tournament picks to who will make it and how far will the Spartans go. But as of yesterday, I say the Spartans will be in the Sweet 16, and Tom Izzo will have one of the best coaching jobs on his resume when he decides to call it a day. But who knows? We're going to call it a day here just for a second. We'll be back right after this quick break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Exposure. This is MSU Student Radio 88.9 FM. If you're not in 30 miles of the Lansing area, yes, we go pretty far. You can check us out online, www.impact89fm.com. We have a live stream 24 hours a day, so you can get us all around the world just in case you step outside of the continental United States and you want to listen to Dan, Dewan, and Brigitte on the Spartan Sports app, you sure can. And if you'd like to listen to our past shows, they're also on that same website, impact89fm.com. But more importantly, coming up at 8 o'clock, I want to front sell. I kind of didn't mention this last week. Jeff Shoup is coming up with the Jazz Spectrum. So if you enjoy jazz music, he's giving me the thumbs up and the smile. Stay tuned for the Jazz Spectrum. But before we get to the top of the hour, a little switching of gears here from Michigan State basketball to football. Sorry, this has been a predominantly male sport-oriented show but, man, the men have been playing well. Yes, I did go to the women's game yesterday. And, yes, they shot terribly and almost lost to lowly Minnesota on senior day. You know, Rini Haynes struggled 1 for 10 from the field. That is going to hurt the percentage on the year. But the ladies, albeit, finished third in the Big Ten. And they're moving on to the Big Ten tournament at the end of this week. So good luck to Michigan State women's basketball as they hit the road this week to go to the Big Ten Tournament. They do not play the first day. I'm not sure what they have drawn yet, but you will see them here at the Breslin Center, actually. They'll be playing the first and second rounds in the East Lansing region, so uh, I'm sure you know you could check them out if you choose. But to football, a quick note. 
The Duffy Doherty building, that is the building on Shaw and Chestnut, has been approved to be renovated by the Michigan State Board of Trustees. $16 million approval, This, uh, I believe it was Friday, reported by the State News. Um, obviously a good move, I'd say, to renovate the, to the facility, add offices, um, among other things, uh, create more team meeting spaces, update the coach, coach's offices, um, reconstruct the surrounding roads, um, to allow for new steam system, so obviously some infrastructure things going on here, and also a $1 million plaza on the corner of Shaw in, in Chestnut. This is amazing. I saw some some um, graphic pictures online, and this is, this is stellar if this is what they're going to build. Um, I really think it would trump the Berkowitz Center over there at the Breslin. <laughs> that, um, it's an all-glass entrance with a beautiful stone plaza um and that is going to cost an additional one million dollars so Juan, this has to be good news for the football program a new coach and we're talking about improving the lacking facilities and when it comes down to it you know that could be a factor in recruits we see keith nickel leaving us for oklahoma and boy do we know oklahoma has the facilities down there so your thoughts Oh, yeah, without a doubt. If you want to be a big-time program, you have to look like a big-time program. I don't think if you, you, could, you could be, you know, first-rate first, first rate and have a second-rate facility. I, I think they all coincide and, and become one. So if you want to be to that next echelon of, of the Michigans and the Ohio States and the other perennial powerhouses in the Big Ten and throughout the nation, you, you need the facilities to get those recruits to put on that facade and, and, and get to that job done. It seems like Coach D'Antonio is really taking a positive step for the program. He's making new additions that are going to, I guess, enhance the football program here. Like you said, if you want to be a good team, you have to have the facilities. And clearly um, last year, you know, we didn't do what we needed to. But I think it's a good move. Why not make the program better? Use the money. Absolutely. I'm sure sure that money's, you know, around somewhere. (laughs) You know, fundraising will surely raise it. But you know when we when we just you know we had enough to send John L on his way packing four million dollars in the athletics rainy day fund. Right. Uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure we can come up with that money somehow. Um, but sticking along the lines of Michigan State football, we've got some guys that used to play here at Spartan Stadium who are now down in Indianapolis, Indiana, at the NFL Combine. Uh, Matt Tran and Drew Stanton. Um, along with Clifton Ryan, who did appear on ESPN's Cold Pizza the other day. Okay. So getting some pub for Cliff Ryan, along with punter Brandon Fields, the, all, the former All-American, is down there. And the, my former neighbor, by the way, <laughs> nice guy. Brandon Fields is down there punting away. But disappointing news coming from Hondo Carpenter, yes, the host of ABC 53's Hondo's House, that Trannon is disappointing GMs and scouts alike at the Combine down in Indy. He's just... Not catching balls across the middles. They're, they have problems with his hands. Although he did run a 4-5-40 um, and had a 36-and-a-half-inch vertical um, when he got measured up. So are you, are you disappointed in Trannon's do – you, do you, first, do you believe in this? Do you really think that, that Trannon um, could be disappointing after what a stellar record-setting season he had here in East Lansing? Um, I think he did enough within this within this season, and I think he's going to end up doing enough at this combine. Just the fact that he ran a four five six forty in a thirty six and a half inch vertical with a six six frame win in about two thirty, I think that's enough to get him on the draft board and taken by a team. Um, as far as you know, first day, second day, and rounds and all that other stuff. I mean, throughout the season, if you look at it, he was inconsistent. His hands were sometimes shaky. He would make the phenomenal catch and then come right back and drop the easy one. So, I mean, I think that's just a tribute to to Matt Trannon being Matt Trannon and and his style of play. So, hopefully he can get it together. He makes those catches and get those true hands and, and, and moves up. Quick note, the draft for the National Football League is April 28th and 29th in New York City. Many GMs, general managers, and scouts, as I said, are saying Matt Trannon should have played basketball. The reason is this. If he would have played basketball, he would have not been at the Combine now, and he would have been one of the main attractions at ESPN College Game Day, one of the main attractions in the upset, you know, all all hypotheticals here. And then, come the end of the season, when he makes that transition from the hardwood to the football field, if he is lacking in some areas, there could have been a fallback. GMs could have said, you know, he's making the transition from basketball to football. He's a little rusty. But now he's had all this offseason to work. And GMs 
according to Hondo Carpenter, are saying that this kid is not is not is not the deal. You know? yeah, they're they're being more critical on him due to the fact that he has more time, where he has had more time to to work on this game and should be you know a little sharper. Whereas he was playing basketball, he could always ride that 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 crutch that you know I'm playing basketball. I don't have time to focus as much as I would like on on the on the football, my cuts and all that type of stuff. Meanwhile, Drew Stanton, on the contrary, is impressing at the Combine. And according to my same source, says he is number two on the quarterback draft board. Contrary to what ESPN's big QB draft board may say, he's the number QB to be taken in the draft and will go in the first round. It's astonishing to me, but when you think about it, Drew Drew Stanton gets time to become healthy, um, take a rest from the game a little bit, work with some good coaches that did not ruin his game. Um, but he, the number two quarterback, and if you're watching ESPN, he's the number three quarterback. So he's in, he's in the top four, top five quarterbacks in the nation to be drafted. And, um, my one source says Jamarcus Russell was, was messing around at the combine this weekend, um, on his knees threw a football. This is LSU's quarterback who declared for the draft threw a football 78 yards from his knees. That's outrageous. Unreal. He's an, he's supposedly the number one quarterback supposed to be taken. People are saying Brady Quinn, Notre Dame's Wonder Boy, is slipping down the draft board while Drew Stanton is rising up and winning flat screen plasma televisions yeah, as well. A couple of those. Uh, in the uh, in the scramble challenge over there at the NFL Skills Competition. So congratulations to Drew Stanton. Hopefully he continues to impress. But that's the word out of the out of the combines down in Indianapolis that Matt Schrannon disappointing and general manager saying he should have stayed and played basketball. But hey. Right now, would you as as this Michigan State team stands, twenty one and eight, eight and six in the Big Ten, of all the heart and the way that the fans have fell in love with this team, do you want Matt Trannon and Shannon Brown on this team? Oh yeah, sure. I don't see why you wouldn't want the guys. I mean, they bring consistency. Brown would definitely bring scoring and athleticism on the wing, something that they're definitely lacking this year. I think if he had stayed, he would have been Big Ten Player of the Year. He would have had free reign, so I, I see him getting at least 20, 25 points a game right now if he had stayed. So, And training would bring that toughness down low, which a lot of them are lacking. Sometimes they make you know mental mental slips or whatever. So I see them, I believe this year, out of the eight games that they did lose, they lost maybe five of them by seven or less points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're, they're, with, they're in every game. So if they had that little extra to get them – over you'd be looking at a team now with possibly two three losses and hey, I was, in I, was just, I was just playing devil's advocate you know nothing nothing like an NBA first rounder back to the squad in right. a in a future you know professional athlete somewhere somewhere whether whether some it's sport. whether it's in Europe playing basketball <laughs> or in the NFL or a outside shot of the NBA in Matt Trent. But to end the hour here, a little disappointing news, Juan. As I said at the beginning of women's basketball season, if Alyssa DeHaan were to dunk in a game, I would shave the number 41 into my head because I do have a Drew Neitzel-esque haircut, and I could make that possible. <laughs> and my barber, Chris, down in Lansing, could make it possible as well. He's pretty capable. Uh, <laughs> Alyssa DeHaan tries to attempt a dunk for game, game, college game day on Saturday in front of the crowd and everything, getting all pumped up. They, they came down after practice. Alyssa DeHaan comes on the court. I'm uh, trying to catch an alley oop from Courtney Davidson. Okay, uh, if you're if you've ever been able to dunk a basketball, and as I have, you know, you know, sometimes catching an alley oop is easier because you don't have to worry about bringing the ball up with you to dunk it. Missed about four in a row, and then they say, you know, why don't you try bringing it up off the dribble? Not even close. All this talk about Alyssa Han's dunking capability. I'm sorry, folks. We we must have led you astray. I was I was severely disappointed when she could have been a. A highlight on ESPN Sports Center that night, uh, dunking for the guys and the fans at the Breslin Center Saturday. She just couldn't get it done. I was a little disappointed. And then they then they struggle with Minnesota. Women's team has a little work to do before they before they get to the to the NCAA tournament and make some noise. Although they're a secure shot, finishing third in the Big Ten. Got got to get got to applaud them. Another fine job by by Coach Joanne P. McCauley. Hey, another fine job by you guys tonight as well. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Br- Brigitte Royan in the house and Dewan Simmons across from me, as always, from day one. It's We're working on our one-year anniversary coming up. <laughs> what are you going to get me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll one figure year. it out. <laughs> that was a quick year, though. 
It was. That's what my girlfriend says. <laughs> I say, hold on. No. Uh, 517-432-3893 if you'd like to get a quick question in. But basically, that wraps it up for the night. Thank you to Kevin Fiend behind the glass. As always, Mr. Consistency on the phones and the boards, keeping things flowing out of the basement of Holden Hall. We're here every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. If you want to check us out online, it's www.impact89fm.com. Click on the, the podcast symbol and click on the Spartan Sports Wrap. You can check our archives. Got some great interviews with the likes of Drew Neitzel, Edong Ebach, Michigan State Formula Racing Team, and local journalists as well. Thank you for tuning in. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. For Brigitte, Dewan, I'm Dan. The Jazz Spectrum is next. Be sure to stay tuned and listen to some of that fantastic jazz music. You're listening to The Impact, WDBM East Lansing. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.